Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hey, Guthrie. And uh, today we are talking uh, by fan request about flashbulb memories. Fan request? I know. Okay. Yeah. I, there's a podcast I like to listen to called First Mondays, which is all about the yeah. Supreme Court. Um, and they you have, would. <laughs> I know, <laughs> of course. Um, they have they do a hotline. Yeah. They have like a hotline you can call in. Yeah. That's it. We could do a hotline, but I don't know that anyone would call in. No, I don't think so. We but could try it. It's kind of fun. No, fun. I no, I don't want to give out my personal number, even though it's everywhere. Well, we but could set up a special it was, number. It was kind of a fun thought. Okay, so. and then what did they do on the hotline that you were interested in? Nothing. People just called in. Okay, but what does this have to do with flashbulb memories? Oh, I was just saying because it was like, because it was a request. So I was going to make a joke that like, people had called <laughs> into the hotline, like requesting... Uh, People called into our hotline yeah. and reco- did, but did someone really request that we talk about flashbulb memories? Yes. Oh, okay, good. All right. Well, let's talk about flashbulb memories. What do you know, Guthrie, about flashbulb? Memories? No, I know. Well, I know a lot about flashbulb memories because we kind of talked about them in during the past. So, um, that's on, you know. a, on our podcast. Uh, we mentioned it during a memory section. I'm ninety percent yeah. sure. But we didn't dwell on it necessarily. No, 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 no. Definitely did not just. Dis- devote enough time to it okay so now we will yes Uh, and it's a topic that you've written about in your books i have i have so i i would i will consider you somewhat of a um definitely not an expert but um you know the guy who's an expert on on flashbulb memories his name is ulrich i don't know if it's nicer or nicer n-e-i-s-s-e-r and he uh, actually is no longer with us. He passed away in 2012. Um, and he's sometimes called the father of cognitive psychology. Ta-da. Cognitive psychology became really popular in the 1960s and 70s um, as a reaction against uh, B.F. Skinner and his behavioral psychology. You probably don't want to know the history of psychology, so I can stop uh, here. <laughs> I, I think you need to start uh, with a certain Aristotle and uh, oh, okay, work your no, way the, yeah, through to, the uh, Nietzsche. Yeah, no, then, oh, um, that's all right. No, 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 we won't do that. But anyway, Ulrich uh, Nieser, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, he did a, a lot of research on uh, memory, and he did this one study on flashbulb memory that I really liked a lot, which actually, this is so funny, talking about memory, because my memory is that his research had to do with um, 9-11, and then I was just looking it up before we started this podcast. I think you told me that his research had to do with 9-11. Uh, yeah, but if you read my book... Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad I didn't just, like, talk about it because I would have been incorrect. Well, you know, it's a good question. I wonder if I updated it in, in, uh, now now I'm doing the thing where I turn and look at my bookshelf again. I'm always doing that. Um, Hold on. Sounds of me shuffling papers and stuff. Um. Just wanted to see if I up if I had anything more on this in my uh, in my a hundred more things book because I had it in I have it in my hundred things book and then I wondered if I learned more about it but I don't see anything about it in there. Um, someone else did the nine eleven study I think but the the. Um, the research that my memory told me was about nine eleven was actually about. The Challenger incident. Do you remember? Well, you don't remember that. No, but you first of all, born. can I? Can I actually? Can I? Um, uh, just let's let's first I'm describe. Wandering. Okay, first I'm describe what a light bulb memory is, and then I'll make my challenge. You problem. mean flash bulb? Flash bulb. Sorry. Okay, so there's a lot of different kinds of memory, and we've talked about them: short term and working, and long term, and so on. And then there's a special kind of memory 
that happens when there is a, a, a strong emotional event. And this could be positive emotional or negative emotional. So when something happens in your life and it has a lot of emotional charge in it, your memory, uh, um, different parts of your brain are activated around that memory. So, in the, and that's called a flashbulb memory, and it has particular traits about it. So uh, that kind of memory does compared with, you know, other memories. So, uh, and 9-11 is a good example for, the, for people who were... Um, who were, you know, let's say over the age of probably six or seven, because our memory isn't really good before that. But if you were alive when 9-11 occurred, um, then what's going to happen is, you know, that event, even if you were a child and you weren't personally involved, you know, let's say you lived in Nebraska and you didn't know anybody in New York and no one you knew got hurt. But the fact that it was such a kind of a big deal in the U.S. if you lived in the U.S., and this would be true only if it was a big deal where you were. Uh, you know, in the U.S., um, you know, school kind of, there were announcements at school and people were watching TV and then you got home and the adults were all upset. And if you were an adult, you know, you heard about it and it was just a big emotional event. And when an event occurs that has an emotional charge, either, you know, that that type of charge like for the whole country or the whole world, or even just as an event that is just personal to you, for instance, someone being in an accident or you being in an accident, so some kind of really charged event, uh, it... The, the in your brain you have what's called the hippocampus and the hippocampus is the part of the brain that does a lot of memory formation and regulation and right next to the hippocampus is uh, a, something called the amygdala and the amygdala is where we process emotional information and strong feelings and those two things are right next to each other. And so there's something that occurs. I don't know exactly why. It probably has to do with some evolutionary reason. But when something happens that has this emotional charge to it, um, the amygdala signals that to the hippocampus, and the hippocampus treats that emotion, that memory differently. And the storage of that memory uh, changes. Um, the emotional charge gets stored along with the memory. But then some other interesting things happen, and that's what Nieser was studying, because um, there was there were questions. You know, the whole idea of a flashbulb memory, the whole idea that when you have an emotional charge, the memory is different, that had been known for a little bit. And Nieser in... Um, in the 1990s was, I think it was the 1990s, I'm going to look it up. He was interested in, well, does that, you know, it, nobody had really studied, are those memories, like, uh, more accurate, you know, because they have this special charge to them? Are they less accurate? Um, it, it, was, it was known that they were more vivid, you know, like, Right. If I if I ask you to remember an event that you remember, I'm trying to think what that might be. You know, like something, I don't know, like when you went to uh, on a on one of your high school band trips or something. You know, I mean, you can probably remember a fair amount about it, but it'll be kind of you know just a regular memory. But if I ask you to remember, for instance, 9/11, those memories are usually more vivid. They're sharper. They feel like they're clearer. You feel like you remember specific things really well. You know, for example, what do you remember about 9-11? Uh, I mean, I, but, I, okay, I'm not going to do my that. I mean, I, I could, but it's... Do you, well, just tell me, do you think that, does that memory seem different to you than other memories well, you have? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. So the question was, if that memory is more vivid... And you can remember more details. Does that mean it's more accurate? 
Well, and that's what Nisra was studying. Okay. Yeah. Now, I I just I just wanted you to say what a flashbulb memory. You want me to stop now? Yes. Okay. I do want to tell you about Nisra's research. No, no, no. I I know. I know. I know. Okay. What do you want to do next then? Well, because specifically, let's just take in the American context. Yeah. Did did you get to the part about collective what about collect collective flashbulb memories? Yes. What about them? Well, do, do they exist? Yes. Well, that's well. So so because, okay, because because there there are a couple. Okay, so do you, would you like to explain that? Because that I want to I want to hone in on that as well. Well, what is it in particular you're talking about? Basically, there are because okay, so because like you were talking about flashbulb memories in general, right? So like if I was in a car crash. Right. Yeah. That's unique to me. I, you know, I have like a, rem- you know, memory of the exact moment of impact, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but there are also these very rare cultural flashbulb right. memories. Right. Did like you, 9-11. Did you want, so did you want to talk about why those are unique or specific or? I'm I mean, not I, sure I, they I, are unique. You mean compared to individuals? No, 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 no. Just, just in terms of like, so it's, it's just strange that. As a society, everyone has these. There are like a couple that are like societal flashbulb memories. Yes, right, everyone yes. knows where what they were doing at nine eleven. And it and it's you know and it's generational. So right? okay, Obviously. so let's 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 go. Let's do all the the big ones. Okay. Okay. At least in the in the in the modern era. Okay. So the one I always hear because and I want to talk to ask you because you know I'm I'm a I'm a young. We're punk. in different generations. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and this is, bef- you know, basic before, before you, but, uh, but, uh, I, where, wherever, where you were when you heard JFK was shot. Yes. Are you, what are you asking me? Do I, do I, re- was that a flashbulb memory for me? Uh. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, uh, well, I mean, just, well, I am just, just, just so, right. So like, that was like, that was like the first one. Where, yeah, where everyone kind of remembers where they were. Um, well, I don't know that that's the fir- the first no, one no, no. for the, what in, in the modern in the modern era. Yeah, you, sure. could, you could maybe go back now. I mean, people remember where they were when Pearl Harbor was attacked in World War II. Okay, but... for Pearl Harbor, I forgot about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, so it was like yeah. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and then JFK. Now, have you heard uh, people talk about where they were when they heard about JFK? Oh, for sure. Um. And when those people talked about it, and and specifically, because um, because the question that that was posed to me that I didn't really have an answer to, which is why I wanted to talk to you about this subject, was okay. So you, so you have like the collective flashbulb memory of society, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll we'll get to nine eleven. But what? So people who like the, the JFK assassination, like. What was the flashbulb? Because it's not like so, like in a car crash, okay. And this is this is where I wanted to kind of get into the distinction before we move forward. Yeah. So if I have a car crash, right, that's very bright, right. I remember all of it, but that's because the event, like the event, happened to me. Like I was there, I saw it. Yes. Um, yes. And so with like the JFK thing, right? It's not like like you weren't there. You may have not even seen it on TV. Because, you know, my generation, when we think of the JFK assassination, we think of him getting, like, shot. But that's only because, like, we assume every, like, you can go on YouTube, right, and see it. But I, my guess is, is that the vast majority of people didn't actually see him get shot. They did not see him get shot. Yeah. Most people did not. But most people. So their memory of the event actually is not. Because when uh when millennials my age, we think of the event. We see the black and white Ah, and him in the car and the. Right. So like so like we see the event. And my hypothesis was that the vast majority of people, their memory of the event actually isn't that picture. That's correct. That is correct. So what the so memory, What did people the, say to you about it? The memory of the event is going to be, well, you know, a lot of things will get tied in together. So the memory of the event um, is going to be very personal, and it's going to be tied to your particular sensory events 
at the time and around the time. So it's not even an instantaneous, it's not a moment, okay? I mean, oh, let's see. Let's take, for example, um, the JFK assassination. So the memory you're going to have about that, I mean, I have my memory, right? Because I was alive at that point, I've now admitted. And I probably shouldn't have admitted that. But um, I, was, uh, in, I was a young child. I was in school. And my memory includes he, the first hearing about it, okay? So, oh, so you actually do have a memory of this. Not of seeing it. But but you I, but you have a a flashbulb memory of sorts of the event. Uh, uh, not of sorts. I have a definite flashbulb oh, okay. memory. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. And but it's not a visual memory. It, well, there are visual because you memories were very, you around been very young. It. Well, thank you, dear. But I wasn't that young. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate your saying that, and we won't. We 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 will just kind of let's just gloss over that. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I was school age. And definitely old enough to to have uh, coherent memories. Um, although I don't have a lot of memories about that time in my life because I was young and it was a long time ago. But I do remember. I mean, as we're talking about right now, my flashbulb memory comes back, and I can see the classroom I was in. I can see. That uh, must be a riot. So where like, I was sitting in the classroom sure. when uh, c- and, question. And, and question. yes yes what what did the classroom look like in 1963 oh well it looked very different well i don't know if it looked different uh i mean we had uh we had chairs we had individual little desk chair things uh made out of wood and uh metal <laughs> and they opened up which i think those are still around, aren't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Where the top lifts up. Uh, this was at, um, uh, I think it was at, I moved around a lot, so I went to a lot of schools, so sometimes it's hard for me to pinpoint schools. But, I, I mean, I remember the classroom. I remember the, um, I think it was in Rockford, Illinois. I remember what happened was uh, we're in our classroom, and an announcement came over over the loudspeaker that President Kennedy had been assassinated. And then, um, because this was a long time ago, we Wow, all, so so they so they so it's just so it's so you were sitting there and I'm sitting there like, working uh, on my math. Uh, we, uh, school announcement, I regret to inform you. Yes, yes. And then what wow. they did was they had a few TVs in the school. Oh, they did. They did, not a lot. So they wheeled a TV into, like, a classroom, and then other kids from other classes would come into that room. So then we were – and they did that, you know. So we were all herded in, like, you know, three classrooms were now together in one. And we turned on the TV, and we saw the report. Um, I think it was Walter Cronkite. And we saw the, you know, the report and the updates that they had on TV. So there was a visual component – because of the television coverage. Now, at that point, you know, he'd already been shot and he was in the, was already in the hospital. So, oh, so do you have another memory of when he actually passed then? Yes. I mean, but the whole thing, but the whole thing is a flashbulb memory. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, we say flashbulb and you think that means one instant, but it's not. It's not. It's a whole, I mean, the, the memory goes on for, uh, you know, a couple of days because there was the, there was that moment when we heard about it, but then there was the watching of the TV and then there was, uh, you know, the rest of the day at school was kind of weird and the teachers didn't really teach a subject. We just kind of talked. And then we went home and had to go through it all over again with our reaction our parents were having, and and it was all you watched on TV. And then, um, you know, a couple of days later, there's the funeral, and there's all the things about the TV, you know, on the TV about the funeral. So the whole thing altogether really becomes part of that flashbulb memory. So it might have visual components, but it's not as though and very many people actually saw, but there was video, right? I mean, the video has right. been studied 
forever, right? So there was video, and we saw the video over and over and over and over again. Um, very similar to what happened with 9-11, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I, I'll kind of stop there and see what other questions you have. And, you know, the, the Challenger event, I was around for that, so I have a memory of that. Well, um, let me actually ask you about I from, from one generation to another. Yes. I've never understood why the Challenger event was a flash, was a cultural flashbulb. People always say, do you remember where you were when the Challenger exploded? Yes, yes. But, like, I, I've never understood it. Uh, rockets explode all the time. Uh, there there were airline crashes all the time. Yeah, you know. There was like, terrorist it, attacks before. I like, know, I right? know. Like, like, horrible stuff happened all the time. So, like, why the Challenger? I think, I think, uh, especially back then. The news media was very different back then. And there were a lot of events that happened in the world that got reported on your nightly news, okay? Remember, that we're pre-internet, we're pre-cable news. Yeah. yeah. Right? There yeah, is no yeah, sure. CNN, there is no Fox News. There's ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so you had your, uh, and there's the you know radio stations. There were some talk radio, but they didn't cover things like that very much. You know, basically you had your top of the hour news, and then you had your nightly news broadcast on TV. And so a lot of stuff that was going on in the world just got covered in the nightly you know news broadcast on TV. And when it was done like that, that you just didn't, rem- you know, it's like no big deal. Yeah, it's the nightly news. But if the TV stations interrupted regular programming, like that phrase, we are interrupting regular programming to bring you this special message. When that came on the TV, your heart raced, okay? This was... Something big had they never interrupted the soap operas or whatever, you know, <laughs> they never did unless you know someone had died and or some big world event had happened. And you and and we, and I'm speaking obviously just of the US, I don't know what it was like in other countries, but we were programmed in a way to react, you know. I mean, you really that happened and you stopped everything. And you were glued until they came on and told you what was going on. It was big. It was momentous. And they did not do it for very many things. And they did it for the challenger. So that's, I think that's what made it a flashbulb event. Because uh, now the reason the media might have thought it was a big deal was it was the first time, uh, I believe, this. I could be wrong on this, if it wasn't the first time, it was the first time that was really publicized that regular people were going into space, okay? Not astronauts. So there was a teacher on this mission, a regular school teacher. And she was, and she died in the Challenger explosion. And that's, I, I think that's why they made such a big deal of it. That seemed to be a very, I mean, like I said, the media made a big deal of it, and we all have a flashbulb memory about it because of that. And that I think that's the only reason, really. So, I, you know, because everything else that was going on, I don't remember that they interrupted broadcasting and broadcasted all day and, you know. Yeah, no. Crying people and, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, because people definitely like like oh, it's like such a big deal. I just I've never, never. Yeah, really... yeah, no, that was a, you know, and there's other ones. There's one, you know, like what the thing that launched CNN, and I still remember the moment when we started bombing Iraq. Okay, so maybe there are other ones, but yeah, no, because when I hear people say stuff, it's. Um... It's definitely yeah, uh, yeah. The, and the, it's the and it's JFK. So, JFK, uh, Challenger, yeah, and and then you know nine eleven would be the uh, the next yeah. big cultural yeah. one. 
so I don't these days I think it's different because all this stuff gets covered all the time so I don't know what has to happen now for us all to pay that special attention and for it to become a flashbulb moment that's a, actually an interesting question because the media has changed and the technology has changed right so I mean I don't know um because there's lots of stuff that happens all the time and it gets reported all the time and some of it is big and some of it is probably not that important. Uh, but but I, I feel like if something really big were to happen, it's still it's like it's like I don't know it's because uh, I remember you know I've, obviously I remember 9/11 like everyone else um, and I was in school at the time and it's strange how I I don't know if I can explain it but like, Everyone in the entire country and all the schools across the country like acted like a zombie like they all did every teacher did the same thing which was they got the kids together and they turned on the TV and the, everyone just watched the the news coverage it was like right like 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 it wasn't you know it's kind of like um it's like, how do you design a system in to get all the food to all the restaurants in New York City, right? It's like this, like, impossible thing. But so so you let it happen, like, organically, and that's, like, the miracle of capitalism or something, right? Like, like, the, like, the, like the, the, way, the delivery system is far too complex for anyone to actually, uh, you know, the, the, like, manually create it, but it can arise organically. And it's like, it's like... It, you could never institute a system where everything would go as smooth, but there's there's just something that clicks, and it just, like just like clockwork, it's the exact same reaction with well, every it's single interesting. person. And, and well, it, and you know that might be generational, right? No, I don't think so because the way you told what you told me about the JFK was literally what every you know every millennial I've heard who's in school during 9/11. It was the exact same reaction. But my question is, if something happened now, okay? Yeah. What would what would the teachers in the school do? I bet you they'd turn on the TV and everyone <laughs> would watch the coverage. Like, would like they I win? Just, like, maybe? I just feel like it's yeah. just like this. It's, yeah. it's not even that. Like, the thought that, like, you wouldn't show the kids or... Uh, well, the, that, and I think that that, I mean, that's a, yeah. I mean, then I think that came up with the 9-11 is like, you know, should little kids be seeing, because some of the 9-11 footage was kind of, you know, was pretty horrific. So, so that's, so that's part one. The, 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 the other question specifically that I was asked was if there is an actual difference now in the media age, because, you know, your memory of JFK thing, like, you didn't actually see him get shot. And Challenger, most people were not watching a lot. Oh, uh, perhaps the moon landing was another one. Tell, tell me about your memory of the moon landing. Yes, the memory of the, my the moon landing was another one. Because I'm not sure it's a flashbulb memory. I feel like it's more of a, of of like a shared cultural event. If that makes yes. sense. So here's the difference. Because everyone that's watched a, was watching at the same time. It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, now, first of all, I have to say I was younger then, so my memories. Right. You know, less less clear. Yeah. But it was a, it you know it was the same thing where everyone uh, now that was see here's the difference, that was a cultural event and it was important to our culture, but it wasn't a big emotional shock. I mean, we all knew, right? I mean, it was scheduled. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So so we um, were waiting. That was, that was the other thing. We right? were like, in fact, it, they weren't ready, <laughs> and we're sitting around in the classroom with the TV on. No, well, because I was talking, I was talking to uh, another fr millennial friend about it, and there was like, yeah, the moon landing, like everyone was watching, and like, um, it, it and uh, like, like why, why wasn't, you know, it, but like, were people following along while it was happening? And I was like, like. They were on the moon in like the 60s. Like yeah. there wasn't a live stream. They had to like get signal from the no. moon and beam it yeah. to earth and then they like assembled it and like the, the like released it to the public. It, it was No, no. Was it this was is it, not accurate. There was a I mean new, there's a delay. There's a was a delay. Um but there was news coverage from Houston. So we got to hear it. 
as Houston heard it. Okay? So okay. there was audio. So the picture so, we saw, this is my memory. Now we have to talk about whether, <laughs> whether these memories are accurate. And yeah. I'd love to check, we'll have to check mm-hmm. this. My memory is that what we were seeing well, first of all, they always had the little simulations, although they were really oh, bad. Oh, God. Night. Like really with clay bad and back stuff? Then. Really bad back then. Oh, that's great. Uh, little diagrams and stuff. But then we would we we saw a little bit of Houston headquarters, and we heard, basically we heard, we listened to the audio um, of Houston. But see, that was not a big emotional event. Okay, I mean, we were all excited, and we, you know, the U.S. was very proud, and so on and so on, and it was kind of a big deal, but not a not an emotional impact. So that is for most that, people. Is that is that Apollo Eleven? Is that the uh, specific one you're you're talking about? What? That because you said the moon landing that you, that you're talking about. There was a bunch of moon stuff. I'm talking about the moon landing. You know, one. One small step. Neil, Neil Armstrong. Man. Yeah, okay. one big step for okay. man. I just, want, I just wanted to click because there was like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of apologies. No, no, that's the moon landing. I don't know what other ones there well, are. Well, they went around the moon. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm talking about when we when we stepped on the moon. But it's but it wasn't. A, it wouldn't have been an emotional event. It w- it's not a flashbulb memory. So I can kind of vaguely remember gathering around and listening to it, but it does not have any of the same type of memory as, you know, JFK or Challenger or... uh, And Challenger, for me, interestingly, has probably less of an emotional charge than other people, and there's there's some reasons behind that, too, which have to do with what was going on with me and where I was and and so on. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's. So what's your question though about cultural ev- cultural memory or cultural events versus flashbulb yeah. events? Yeah, well, sure I understand your question. Well, okay, so well that that was just that was like a, because because everyone was watching, so like everyone remembers the moon landing, but maybe the like, but like, do they remember like where they were? Because it's because it wasn't really like a shock or surprise. Because it wasn't a shock, it's not going to be the same. Okay. They're not going to remember, you know, where they were and what they did afterwards and all of that the way they are for other flashbulb memories. Because it's not really, it's probably not a flashbulb memory for most people. Right. So, yeah. Um, all right. So that I, was, that was, that was, that was uh, one question. Yeah. The other question was, is there a difference, you know, because um, I did not see a whole lot of 9-11 live myself, okay. personally. Um, I, both of the planes had already hit at that point when I got in front of a TV. Okay. Uh, and I, 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 did, I did see the towers fall. Or maybe one of the towers fall, okay. and that was, you know, the surprise. But I feel, I feel like to my what was then, I think, you know, thirteen, fourteen year old mind, it wasn't like it was surprising, but not that surprising. I mean, the building was on fire, you know. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's really bad. But it, but like, it, like, it, like my 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 uh, young brain. You know, could be like, well, if the building's on fire, yeah, it might collapse. Like, it wasn't, you know, whereas, like, a plane hitting a building would be something that would be, like, beyond the pale of, of imagination. Um, and I was talking, uh, but but I know, I certainly know uh, other people my age, and probably just other people in general, um, had started watching, because there was a bit of a delay between when the first plane hit and when the second plane hit. Yeah. Um, and then there was weird pentagon reports and there was a there was a lot of confusion uh that day but like uh so i know people who who were watching and then the second plane hit yeah but of course you did they didn't really know it was a play like something hit the other building and that and yeah. that was like it was it was like i feel like it was like a almost a bigger impact if that makes sense because it was like more shocking to actually you're just like watching this disaster and then like like you, like you're watching the you you watch the car accident live. 
Well, and I think it even goes beyond that, too, though. If if there's a difference between that and, like, I remember, right, like, you remember JFK because you you remember the news coverage and stuff, but you don't, but you didn't see the act, you know, you weren't just, like, watching the thing when it actually happened. And I'm trying to see if there's maybe a difference or if the flashbulb is the flashbulb and, like... Whether um, you remember po- to see the event yeah, or not. Yeah, there's possibly a difference. There's possibly a difference. Um, and and if you if you at first of all, it would definitely be different if you were there, right? If you were in in New York and saw it happen live. Yeah, that yeah, I imagine different. that's yeah. And because and that would be different. Also, you know, the whole se- the personal sensory, the sound, the air, the smell you know that's all gonna make it even stronger for you and i and and i'm sure there's a reason why you know people who are in war like there's i'm sure they have lots of flashbulb memories yeah but um it's yes it's probably true that if you were watching it and saw it happen live rather than watching the video afterwards there would be some difference it might not be as great as you think uh, you know, what happens over time when you watch a video of something, and again, if it has the strong charge around it, uh, you know, it has partially to do with the video. So if you watch, because some of the video that they kept replaying after that was the video of when it happened live. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Yes. And you heard the news announcer go, oh, my God, you're right. It, what a, you know, because they were covering it and then it happened. So if you saw that, even though you didn't see it happen when it happened, it's still very similar to having the experience of watching it as it happened. Right. And I think the other thing that, that added to the flashbulb um, issue at that point was that that was the point at which people realized this was a, an attack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't just like an airplane that strayed and, you know, what's happened, and right? When that happened, it, it, it turned the event into something different, and Americans are not used to um, being attacked on our – I mean, that had, you know, that hadn't happened since – well, it had kind of happened in, in with some of the bombing, like, for instance, uh, in Manhattan – previously but you know that hadn't really been attention hadn't been brought to that so as far as americans were concerned you know we hadn't been attacked in a a large way since uh pearl harbor and you know we're in we're not used to being attacked and so that was a very big deal when it when people realized wait a minute this is an actual attack so that also added to the flashbulbness of it all hmm Okay, now I want to talk about the whether these memories are accurate. Do I get to talk about that yet? Yeah, let's uh, let's roll roll into well, one more thing. I I just yes, just to, go ahead because you were talking about future flashbulb memories. What do you mean? Well, it's all going to be live streamed, right? And does that make a difference? Oh, you mean these days? Yeah. I still think that when the next big thing happens in 10 or 20 or, you know, however many years. I hope it's that long and not sooner, but yes. Uh, that um, there's, that the, the, the it, will, it will be the same as it has been for a very long time. You don't think the new media stuff will makes it different? I feel like it does, but everyone will just turn on ABC and whatever, and uh, <clears throat> they'll be watching the same footage. It's a good question, and it'll be interesting to see. And it's an interesting question about whether, you know, where do we turn in times of uncertainty and tragedy? Are there some sources that we feel like, you know, we trust or, you know, we need to hear from? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, 
and what and what are those? <coughs> and maybe uh, and maybe you'll just go to your news source of preference. I mean, I remember uh, 9/11. You know, we were we were just CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, ABC. Like we were just like yeah. you know, clicking through. Yeah, I don't know. That'll and we eventually be... landed somewhere. I think CNN. Yeah, that'll be interesting to find out. Um, all right. But you know, they all have the same footage. It's not like they were like right. Um, right. So. Okay, let's let's uh let's go into research then. Let me talk about Nieser's research. So, uh, when the Challenger event happened, uh, now I'm gonna get my book out again. What did I do with it? I put it away. Oh, here it is. On page sixty of the famous book 100 things every designer needs to know about people we talk about flashbulb memories so we've talked about the fact that they're vivid but are they accurate so um, the day after the challenger event Ulrich Nieser was uh, he's a he was a professor and he in his classroom he had his students write down their memories of what had happened the day after it happened okay so they wrote it out in longhand and handed it in to him. Three years later, he went back to the same students and asked them to write their memory of the event again. Okay? Yeah. And, um, oh, the reason you remember this as 9-11 is actually there has been similar research done on 9-11, so sorry. But uh, in this, this was the first time that this had been done, the first time Nieser had done it. Over 90% of the three-year-later reports differed from the originals. That's cool. Ha half of them were inaccurate in two-thirds of the details. And one person, when shown the description she had written three years earlier, said, quote, I know that's my handwriting, but I couldn't possibly have written that. So, and yes, similar research uh, and people after 9-11 showed the same results. So what happens is, what's really weird is your memory is very vivid, very clear. You know, I was here, I was wearing this, but chances are that at least two thirds of those vivid details are not accurate. <laughs> it's really weird, it's a real problem. But you will swear they are, especially yeah. because they're so vivid. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. I remember the desks with the metal and the wood. <laughs> you know? They're yeah. like, I told you. Yeah. I remember that. You know, I remember where I was. But you have to understand that two-thirds of the, it's probably not what happened. You know, we just, uh, we have really faulty memories. And, and, making, and having the emotional charge and having it be vivid does not mean it's more accurate, it just means it's more vivid. And why we do that as humans, I mean, I know why we forget things, but I don't know why, even when they're more vivid, we still forget them. I, I, I cannot tell you the answer to that. So maybe I don't have as many answers as you were hoping. No, but that's still really cool. I mean, but yeah, people's memories are you know, people's wonky. memories are really bad. And then, of course, you know, you you have the, you know, you're a lawyer, and, and so you know there's a lot of research done on eyewitness testimony, and this is a big problem because what happens is, you know, the eyewitnesses, especially as time goes on, right, I and mean, if you have three years, which you sometimes do, right, things take a long time to go to trial, and, you know, people don't remember accurately, and, and the memories are very subject to... Um, uh, distortion based on uh, even how you ask a question. Um, and yet people will be very convincing that this is what happened because they honestly believe that is what happened. So they get up on the stand and they say, no, I, re I remember this very clearly. <laughs> right? You know, the blue car came around the corner and hit the red car, you know, and they will, that's their memory. But it's 
you know, it may be totally inaccurate, but they can be very convincing because they are so convinced themselves. And it's not that they're lying. That's what they vividly remember about, you know, an event that they saw. Um, And that, you know, there's also, I don't don't know if we've ever talked about the interesting research, uh, which you may be familiar with, again, because of the, the legal background you have, um, that just the way you phrase the question, you know, so if you, if, if, uh, if you have people like that are, you know, watching a video, let's say you have jurors who are watching a video of something that happened. Yes. Or, um, or they're listening to uh, a defense lawyer or a prosecuting or the prosecutor um, summarize the events. If they say things like, um, you know, do you recall where the red car was when it smashed into the blue car? Right. Versus, do you remember where the red car was when there, you know, it, it there was a collision or it hit or it, if you use a strong word like smashed, it changes people's memories. Right. So it's very easy to to affect memory. Um, just by, just by what uh, you know you say, and it's very easy. There's some great stuff uh, about, you know, false memories. I mean, you can you can create false memories in people. Um, other people can. Uh, uh, there there was you know there's been stuff done on on kind of strange reality TV shows where they take people and drive them by a park and say, oh, yes, you know, your mother told me about <laughs> when you were here, blah, blah, blah. And then the person starts to remember it and to right. tell you more details. And it never happened. Right. So, yeah, our memories are not, unfortunately, not not particularly wonderful. So, uh, did, I mean, it's, it's what do you think about uh about professors who use the uh, the rare uh, cultural f- what would you it's, it's like a cultural flashback or for fl- what? flash bulb uh, for for when when it like all happens to everyone in a society you mean what do you mean when professors use that what do you mean well um, uh, like you like uh, <clears throat> that's it was a two-part question first what what do you call it when like everyone has the same flashbulb memory i don't know a, a collective flashbulb memory collective probably flashbulb. okay yeah i don't know that's probably what i'd call it yeah okay yeah and we do and but but we don't all have the same memory right it's, it won't be exactly the same yes but but there will be some similarities about it. So, um, uh, talk. I have to sneeze. I'm going to mute myself here. <laughs> okay. While you uh, continue to. Um... Okay. You want me to keep talking then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, because I suspect that perhaps as we get more splintered in multiple different kinds of media, um, our collective memories might be more divergent than they have been in the past. Because you really used to have, you know, millions of people who all saw the same news broadcast and all saw the same uh, video. And so their memory of that video is going to be, even if it's inaccurate, it'll be somewhat similar because they all saw the same thing. But nowadays, if something happens and, you know, if you watched it on, you know, there's not just four news networks, there's like 10 or more, and they all have their own slant and their own bias, and they're showing different things. And so um, our memories are changing. I think it leads to some of the divergence that we're seeing, some of the differing memories of what happened, because we're not all watching the same video and hearing the same news. We might be hearing it about the same event, but we're not hearing the same information. Hmm. And also, I think the information coming to us now um, is more opinionated. It's more curated. Right. And 
So uh, I think our collective consciousness, um, you might say, uh, is not as collective as it used to be. It's a fractured consciousness, and I think that's that's adding fuel to this whole fractured feeling we have that we're not all, you know, one one collection of humans all having the same experience. Right. So it's an it's an it's an interesting thing that's happening. All right, Guthrie, <sighs> I think we're done. Okay. Uh, I I. I think I'm going to leave you to your own flashbulb memories, <laughs> inaccurate as they may be. Yes. Um, and, boy, we should – there's probably a few announcements maybe we should make, huh? Yeah, go uh, go make a bunch of announcements. Well, I just want to mention that since we did um, whatever would have been our previous podcast, we have um, – you know our online training courses, right, Guthrie? Yes. Uh, we took two of them um, and put them on YouTube, and I don't think we've mentioned that since since the last podcast. So if any of you are interested, uh, we have two free courses. They're up at our our uh, course page, which is courses.theteamw.com, but we also put them up on Udemy. Um, and we did this. This is the UX Fundamentals free course and the Brain and Behavioral Science free course. And we put them there uh, primarily because um, Udemy has the, the captioning, right? The, uh, auto, the, it, it puts captions on, and that's w- really fast and really well for uh, these videos. And we wanted to be able to have captioning on our videos. So we put them up there so um and you can find that uh just look for the team w inc uh youtube channel and you will find those if you're interested in it well there you go and we have a bunch of uh new courses that we're working on so hopefully maybe by the time next podcast or two we'll be able to talk about some of the new stuff we're doing yeah yeah. That sounds that sounds very good. And, All uh, right. And if people want to reach us, Guthrie, how do they do that? You can email info at theteamw.com. You can also call the hotline. I'm, I'm just kidding. We don't have a hotline. Oh, I want a hotline. We're going to have to work on that. Thank you, Guthrie. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.